the World Tour podcast of cybersecurity experts. The first series is dedicated to women in cybersecurity. In this series, I talk to women in cybersecurity who have a great impact on this community and make this industry more inclusive. Today, I'm talking with Tanya Janka. Tanya is co-founder of WOSEC, Women of Security, and Cloud Security Advocate at Microsoft. She will talk to us about the ideal cyberspace for a cloud advocate, how we can make this industry better for women and newcomers, and share her inspiring career path. I'm an advocate. It's like a, it's part of the field of developer relations. And the idea is, is that we are supposed to get feedback from the community, especially developers, about how our products work and then help improve them and advocate on their behalf. You can follow her on LinkedIn or on Twitter as SheHawksPurple. You can also follow Wosek, Woman of Security, as Wosek Tweets on Twitter. To support this podcast and continue to hear about cybersecurity experts, follow me on social media or subscribe to this blog, gabrielb.fr slash blog, or subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. You can also comment it and share it. World 2 Podcast of Cybersecurity Experts, Series 1, Episode 3. Thank you for uh, taking part in this podcast. Um, can you can you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Tanya Janko. On the internet, I am known as She Hacks Purple, and I am a computer nerd who is very excited about security and how we can make security a bit more accessible for people who create and support software. Good. Um, thank you. And uh, can you tell us what uh, attracted you in cybersecurity in the first place? I used to be a software developer for a very long time, and I met an ethical hacker. And he kept telling me that I should become a hacker and that I'd be really good at it. And I kept telling him no. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I really like making software. It makes me very happy. Um, but after a year and a half, he had piqued my curiosity enough that I became more and more interested. And then before I knew it, I was doing it and I had a job in it. And I just, I really, really like it. I'm quite interested in that intersection between where software development and security is happening. So your job is about... Uh, securing software. Can you tell us what your job is exactly? So my title, I work at Microsoft and my title is cloud, cloud advocate. And I, uh, I did not know what that meant. Um, an advocate, it's like, a, it's part of the field of developer relations. And the idea is, is that we are supposed to get feedback from the community, especially developers about how our products work and then help improve them and advocate on their behalf. And then we also do a lot of teaching and knowledge sharing. So I make videos, I write blogs, articles, white papers, uh, I speak at conferences and, uh, and I do awesome podcasts with people like you. And, uh, <laughs> and the, the whole idea is that we, we share knowledge so that then people know how to do the thing they want to do. So I help them 
make the security features a lot easier to use or more accessible or um, more what the industry actually needs and wants rather than, you know, sometimes we create something and we think it's great. And then the industry is like, no, no, that's not what we need. Mm. Right. And so uh, it's my job to try to help find out what it is that they really need and want. Okay. So you can like, uh, give a feedback on on like a product you've made like i mean microsoft made and and then uh, you can also like suggest new things yes exactly exactly so an example would be you know they make this product called azure security center so azure is the name of the microsoft public cloud and then security center is this giant dashboard and then all the different security features can all be accessed there and you know they had this list of recommendations and it's it's my favorite spot it's my favorite thing and um but some of the recommendations i felt were marked low when they should be marked high and then vice versa and so we talked about you know what are industry best practices and like what is industry actually doing versus what people are saying and you know like You know, you're saying, you know, we have to, you know, add this type of firewall, but then you only have one choice and it would be better if we had better industry representation. And I I just took all the feedback that, you know, every single person had told me and shared it with them and they ended up rewriting all of the recommendations, like almost none of them are the same now. And I told them there's a bunch of things that were just really, really, really wonderful, like telling us, you know, like this, you know, this framework's out of date. Right. And, you know, you're three versions behind and we really suggest that when you can, that you upgrade it or it's known to be vulnerable. So you have to upgrade. And um, and I, I told them the industry like really, really is excited about receiving those types of alerts. And they're like, really? And they had just like thrown them in and didn't even realize. So they've added a ton more like that now and more application security related things. And they didn't realize that, like, it would be such a big deal and people would like it so much. So I try to help help them understand like what people really love and what really they really want. So also, uh, I know that you are very active in the inclusion of women. Um, can you tell us about the initiatives you've launched about this? Um, so I and you <laughs> <laughs> are part of WOSAC, um, which is Women of Security. Uh, It is an international kind of collective of women that want to meet other cool women in security. (laughs) And the idea is, is, you know, to try to help shine the spotlight on awesome things that women are doing and support other women in this space and hopefully attract other women to this space and teach, like share knowledge amongst us, but especially to make new friends because if, if you don't actually have like people that you feel that you connect with in your industry, you, you can feel a little lost and knowing that you have like five different cool friends that you can call and ask questions to, and you know, you know, like, you know them well. Right. And um, I'm lucky because I'm very extroverted. It's really easy for me to make friends, but I, I found that like I had, you know, 500 male friends in this industry and, and only, you know, one or two female friends. And sometimes I just want to hang out with other women and that's okay. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I, I started a chapter with my friend Donna, and then other women just started asking if they could start one, and of course that would be awesome. And now like there's so many amazing women like all over the place who are starting chapters and teaching each other and sharing and like brunching together and you know crashing you know conferences or other meetups as a group so that no one's the only woman there and it's just it's been like a great way to build community and support each other and I really like it. Uh, is there like a specific region where, where you've done it in the first place or not, not specifically? Um, so my chapter started in Ottawa in Canada and then the next one was in Vancouver. This woman named Daha, um, she started the next one. And then basically I, I, it's a bit of a blur as to exactly where the next one started because just so many people seemed really excited. Originally, we were affiliated with a group called Cyber Ladies, um, but it turns out like they have, you know, a more strict, like, first of all, they're way more established. I think they're four or five years old now and we're brand new. We were just turning a year old this month. <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> Already one year, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's a bit more free-flowing and there's, like a bit less strict in the structure and it's kind of like as long as you're doing things that help other women and make them feel included keep doing it right yeah and um yeah so uh I guess it started in Canada but there's way more chapters in the United States now and we have two chapters in two different countries in Africa in Kenya and in South Africa and then we have one in Paris France Yeah. <laughs> and um and in Zurich and you know, we're just opening basically if women want to join we're, we're really excited that they want to join and then we try to support them being you know successful and making sure they make lots of cool new friends the the the, the premise of of Wosek was to to I mean uh Did you feel like something was missing to create uh, initiatives for women or did you like did it come to you like na naturally like just because you wanted to meet more women in in cybersecurity or something I found um w I joined like a couple of the other women's groups and I found uh, that I didn't feel like I fit in and I felt kind of frustrated by some of Uh, the ways that things were happening, um, like some sometimes, you know, they're um, they just want to have a certain type of person speak, and you know, it's not open to everyone mm. in the group to decide like what happened. So, uh, like in my chapter, we have a vote. Like, hey, does is anyone, you know, you know, can we change the time on this? And like, I've held votes where I lose. And then, so we don't do that thing, right? Or, um, you know, uh, someone's like, oh, I really want to go to the Python meetup, so can I make a meetup to go do that? And I, she's not the chapter leader, but I'm like, sure, go do that. Like, as long as you'll do the work, go do it. It's fine, right? And so one of the women made a capture the flag team, and I didn't have time to help, and she just went and did it, and it was awesome. But I found in other women's groups, um, Some of them, not all of them. I have not been in all of them, but just the ones that I was 
you know, had a chance to be in, like, you weren't really allowed to do your own stuff and you kind of had to do it their way or the highway. Mm. Um, or some of them like made me uncomfortable, like the Tierra con that they did at, um, at DEF CON a few years ago. That was the first time I'd ever attended that conference. And they kept trying to make me wear a tiara, which is a plastic child's toy. Um, mm. And I'm in my 40s. I'm a grown-ass woman. And, you know, here, carry around it. Like, I want you to adorn yourself with a child's plaything felt really, really condescending and insulting to me as, like, a person that's worked in IT for 22 years. Like, I don't want to wear a symbol that says how different I am. And mm. every single woman that I saw at the conference kept trying to make me do it, which also felt really frustrating. Like, and they're like, come to our talks. I'm like, what are your talks about? And it was like, how to speak strongly and confidently when there are men in the room. I'm like, why do you think I don't know how to do that? Mm. <laughs> and they're like, let us help you rewrite your resume so you can find a job. I'm like, why do you think I'm unemployed? And it just it felt so insulting to me, a person that's quite successful in this industry, that they like, and I know that they're, um, the reason they were doing it was good and that what they wanted to achieve was good and so I was trying really hard to be polite but I wanted to scream and yell I felt so angry about it and so that that's not happening anymore and now they have something else called the Diana initiative which is super wonderful it's like the exact opposite of that um, and it's yeah the, I, I love the Diana initiative it's great I'm so happy they started that um, but like sometimes, you know, like groups kind of, yeah, um, I just, I, I don't need to be told how a woman told me at RSA this year that she went to this, like, you know, for women and infosec thing and they got up and told them to change the tones of their voice. So it wouldn't be annoying for men to have to listen to them in meetings. And to me, that's a, that's insulting <sighs> to my core humanity that you would expect me to change my physical pot like being like trying to lower my voice intentionally because it might annoy men to have to listen to me speak like I was just like so offended on so many levels and like I wasn't even there and she was so upset like she was just like is that what WOSEC is gonna be are you gonna tell me to change myself as a human being I'm like no <laughs> do anything like that if anything, WOSEC, you come to brunch and then and then you can bitch about those things. Like we affectionately call ours like brunch and bitch. And we'll complain about things like that and like frustrations and be able to vent to each other about stuff that happened. It's like, I can't believe that. And like just bond over weird things. Like I couldn't imagine someone telling me, like, could you change the sound of your voice? Cause it displeases me. Like, no, I will not. Um, and so I think that um, like there's tons of women's groups and they're all trying to help in different ways and that some like maybe um, you know like there are people for whom that works really well but it just not all of them have really like rubbed me the wrong way like you know when you pet a cat and you pet it the wrong way mm. and then the cat looks at you like they're going to bite you that's how I have felt yeah 
And so I was like, I'll just start this little thing in my city just for, you know, just people who want to come. And then maybe it's a thing, a different flavor of the same, you know, trying to reach the same goal. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it doesn't mean the way other people are doing things wrong. It just means it's wrong for me. And um, so just like Tierra Khan, like some, so from what I heard, like women in their 20s loved it. And I want women in their 20s to really, really love InfoSec and be welcome and please join us, right? So what they did, it's it's not wrong or right. It's just it was really wrong for me because I'm like, I'm too old for this crap. (laughs) 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 Um, And, like, I can respect that they're trying to do, like, a good thing, but it. I don't, I don't ever, like, I don't want to wear a child's, <laughs> a child's <laughs> toy on my head. And, um, yeah, so teach their own. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, so I'm going to go on another subject. Uh, I was wondering, uh, what would be the ideal cyberspace for you in terms of uh, computer security? Ooh, what do you mean the ideal cyberspace? Like, like I mean, if you could change the world, like oh. you, uh, in uh, magically change the world, uh, how would it be? Oh my gosh, this is the <laughs> best question I have ever gotten on any podcast ever. You win the award. Thank oh, cool. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, in school, they would teach software developers about security and they would teach them not just you know, how to do um, access control, but teach them when they're designing software, how to design secure software. And they're teaching them how to code, how to code secure software. And that there would be application security programs that you could follow in school. And that you would not be allowed to teach any course ever where you teach people how to do something the insecure way. And also the Stack Overflow, even though I love it, I love Stack Overflow. I use it all the time. But the answers on Stack Overflow that have been proven to be insecure, even though a lot of people voted for it because it's the easiest way to make the thing work, that those would be removed or that there would be a special thing on it that says this solution is not secure and not safe to implement. So that, like, I I respect that you know, I'm a software developer in my heart and have been most of my life, but that if we're giving people answers and not telling them like, yes, this is the easiest way to make this work, but that's not the secure way to do it. And that's not the best way to do it. That, you know, like crowdsourcing answers isn't always the way to get the most secure answer. So those are three things that I would start with, like application security, like programs to like, create AppSec professionals, like people that specialize in the security of software, making sure no one's allowed to teach software developers how to do the wrong thing. And like, not just Stack Overflow, but all the places where developers turn to for answers, that if things are proven to be insecure, that it has some sort of disclaimer so that they know. Because developers, I know, want to make awesome apps. Like, that's what they want to do. No developers like, oh, I want to make it insecure. Not, like they want their app to be the most kick-ass awesome app that you've ever seen, which is like that's because software developers, are, it's a hard job, right? Like it's not easy. 
Um, and they do it because they want to make awesome stuff. And so if they know that the way of doing it is insecure, like you better believe it, that a lot less people would, would use that answer. They'd be like, oh, no, I don't I don't think I want to use that answer. Let's go down to the most secure way to do it. OK, let's look at this. I think that that would be definitely like three big changes in my dreams that I would like to make. I also want every security person ever uh, to try to learn the word yes. And if someone asks for help, you know, if you don't have time to help them, tell them that you don't have time, but this other person will, or, but, you know, we need to hire another person or, but like a lot of uh, security people that I've met, if they don't understand what they will do is instead of helping and looking for the answer with you, they'll say, read this book or like, here's a link to GDPR. Just 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 read the entire legislation on it and you'll be fine, which is not like that's not helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they'll um, they'll say you should know and make the developer feel bad that they don't know instead of like realizing like we're all a team. So we all work in the IT department because we're one big team. Right. And I wish that more security people would um, want to like partner and become friends and work with the developers because they're our allies, right? Like they're building stuff. And mm-hmm. I'd like us to try to adopt the viewpoint that um, that it's our job to enable them to do their job as securely as possible. And that means, you know, brainstorming answers with them or, you know, helping them find the right tool or like sometimes they do need to read a book right? Like sometimes it's like, you know, okay, so you're doing Java and like, you know, if you want to go in depth into secure coding in Java, like here's a book, like maybe slowly over the next few months, you should read the whole book, right? But if someone's like, I have a specific question about this specific thing, telling them, well, why don't you read this book in Java is not helpful. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe more empathy is what I think. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that. (laughs) <laughs> and also uh, finally this is my last question uh, I would like to have your your own uh, definition of uh, cyber security so my, secu- so my definition of application security is anything you do to make software more secure right and So my definition of cybersecurity would be anything you do to make anything in IT more secure. So whatever things that you're doing, whether that be security testing or if you you are creating um, a process for delivering security patches faster and more efficiently and and figuring out how to do automated testing so that they can be released faster and on time so there's a shorter period between when the patch is released And when you are patched for those security patches, or if you um, are fine tuning your firewall, or if you're creating a policy for passwords where you stop making people change their password every three months because you know that that means that it's on a post-it note on their desk, right? And instead, you know, give them all password managers and teach them how to use them and teach them how to create tons of really long, unique passwords that they don't ever need to learn, right? 
and teach them how to like manage passwords effectively instead of like punishing them for having post-it notes on their desk, mm-hmm. right? Like all of those things are part of cybersecurity in my definition. Thank you very much for joining us today. And for everyone who listened, stay tuned for another podcast soon.